More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. Embracing plurality to avoid the harmful effects of nepotism. Dr. Shengwei Liu is an associate professor of strategy and behavioral science at England's Warwick Business School. An expert in executive decision-making, Dr. Liu's papers are featured in leading academic journals around the world. His work on nepotism explores the complexity of its expression in practical situations. The behavior is difficult to define outside of the classroom and is neither categorically harmful or beneficial, sustains Dr. Liu. That said, however, he also asserts that nepotistic practices rooted in the tribal protectionist societal structures of our ancestors are becoming less relevant in modern business settings. We sat down with Dr. Liu to discuss the symptoms of nepotism in family business, how size plays a role in determining whether the behavior is a detriment or an advantage, and why family business leaders should embrace plurality. Enjoy this episode with Dr. Liu. Nepotism seems to be something that is defined very differently by everyone who talks about it. So you have, it's like this continuum of how sensitive people are to favoring family members or certain, uh, certain people. How do you define it? Where does it start for you? When do you start saying like, well, you know what, then this is clearly a case of nepotism. Uh, yeah, uh, I think you already highlight the keyword. Um, uh, defining nepotism in practice in a black and white way is never easy. Usually it's a continuum. And if you consider employment uh, more in line with who you know, the family members, friends and relatives, then you're to a more like a nepotism. And that's in contrast to the other end of the, the spectrum when you hire by merit. So who are the most qualified uh, but of course, in practice, it's somewhere in between, right? So sometimes you consider a candidate and then probably he or she is good enough. And then based on the shortlisted uh, candidate, then you try to decide who or who uh, you should hire. And then the one with connection or some background similar to the family or connected to the family are more likely to get hired. Should we consider that this uh, nepotism? Well, then it's the judgment call, right? But of course, in, in many observations, many studies suggest that there seems to be a reinforcing processes going on. So if the family business can open up this kind of uh, hiring, hiring based on connection, usually it will reinforce over time. And in the long run, it's a very clear that link to the decline in uh, performance. So in general, that's not good. So the short answer probably to is, Nepotism is really connected to this uh, granting employment or a job related to uh, connection friends and relatives with regard uh, to merit. And uh, the implication for business in the long run is very clearly negative. So it's so interesting. So when you define that, for me, the first thing that hits me is, but okay, hold on. Most people start a family business in order to provide for their family and potentially even to, in order to provide a future career for their children. So isn't a family business inherently nepotistic? I mean, is there even a way for a family business to stop being nepotistic? And also, is it always a good idea? 
Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's another challenge when we try to define uh, nepotism and uh, measure their degree uh, in practice. Because, like you said, uh, many uh, family business was founded for the family and really trying to create uh, employment for the family member, not necessarily their son, daughter, but niece, uh, relatives. So very important. So if we only observe to the extent to which uh, the successor are the professional outsider versus a family member, then you probably find a statistic like more than 80% of the family business has nepotism, hiring their own family member as a successor or important executive. But uh, according to what we discussed here, according to the more softer definition in the spectrum, it does not necessarily, we cannot really call all of them nepotism because really determined by whether the successor or the executive they hire from the family had the best qualified record or merit. But then estimating the scale, merit, is very difficult. And I think that it's interesting what you're saying as well, like because in regards to, of course, we're talking mostly with regards to actually having a job inside the family business. So meriting having a managerial position or like or, or moving up the ranks, etc. In how far, in your experience, does the nepotism discussion even remotely apply to the ownership discussion in the family business? Are you to the point where you say, even at the ownership discussion level, we should be looking at nepotism. Nepotism can really damage the family business. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, one of the examples I use uh, in my teaching is this uh, Swiss uh, uh, Swiss company, uh, the second largest business in the world, uh, Roche. So I think the founder, when he uh, founded the business in 1896, and when he became kind of successful, actually he had this rule. So the family members cannot be the executive. So the management and the ownership of the board member are set entirely separated. So the family member, of course, they can kind of work in the firm at the lower level, get some experience or even get some management degree, MBA. But then when they came back, they were only allowed to be the board member. So that's the ownership team, like give the direction, making sure the professional hire the executive, the CEO, kind of follow the vision of the family, but then they don't try to intervene the actual running of the business in any way. And I think that's, uh, in, in many ways, the transparency uh, and the, the mechanism can be considered a best practice in corporate governance because very often the uh, family member, they probably share the same vision, the same value, but not necessarily good for the running of the business. So you have to allow the professional to run the business and very importantly, if you allow family member to be in the business, then the strange dynamic may emerge because the professional may think eventually, who are you going to promote to the high executive? Are you going to promote the family member or me? So if you're kind of playing this game and many uh, qualified people, they will choose to leave because they don't see they can climb this uh, ladder in the family business. So that's one of the challenges faced by family business. They can't keep the best people. Separating this ownership and the management actually have many benefits. So it can also be healthy for the ecosystem. I think that's something you're mentioning, something that very few people dare actually say because there's a definite romanticism attached to family businesses surviving hundreds of years. And of course, not all of them can and not all of them should. Let's just focus a little bit because at the beginning of the interview, you mentioned 
sometimes nepotism is mostly demonstrated by it becoming unfair towards non-family employees, right? Like who technically deserve to be higher up or technically deserve more access, etc. But what we've also seen over the years, talking to family businesses all over the world, is that they have actually said that it gave their employees the confidence that the business would continue as long as there was a family member in charge. It's an interesting paradox psychologically, right? Like, so while having a family member in charge means for these employees that there's never any higher to go than a certain level, it also gives them a sense of job security. And so it's nepotism, but it has a beneficial effect. So how do you explain that phenomenon? So I think that commitment uh, device you mentioned is definitely very important. So the example I gave is probably at the um, probably apply more to larger family business that probably went for public and uh, they they have to this uh, problem to really uh, have the professional knowing how to run this uh, very large business. But what you said for mid-size, small and medium-sized business is also very important. That is the other aspect, right? So having this family business, showing their commitment, given everyone or a statistics show that most of the, the small size family business level, they don't kind of uh, sustain for many years. So they may kind of divest and then reinvest in other business. So for the employee to keep them, just to commit to their opportunity, and this business is also very important. So this actually addresses another very important phenomenon, the benefit of nepotism or benefit of uh, family business to hire their own family, particularly in making this long-term decision, is that we observe a lot of myopia, uh, shortism in public firms because they're run and even owned by the management, the executives. So they're really reacting to the short-term incentive, like stock market, how they invest and think about the business. But in contrast, people have been uh, finding some evidence to suggest that family business are less sensitive to all this short-term myopic uh, pressure because the family business there have the core in management or the ownership, right? So they can see longer uh, time frame what is the best for the business, and ignore all this uh, short-term uh, noise. So I think that is uh, what I would say, one of the major uh, benefits of family business, if the corporate governance mechanism is good, and they can really just decide what is the bad thing for the family business in the long run, and of course that link to the well, family, right? And then it can overcome a lot of the challenges faced by public firms. Yeah, I think it's a it's a very important observation that you made in terms of like, of course, size probably matters. I would add to that probably it matters a lot also in terms of like whether a family business operates locally or starts operating internationally in a certain industry, right? Like these things in locality matters as well, because also culturally we're predisposed as a consumer maybe to like a family business story. And to like the fact that, you know, something is in family business hands. But as you said, I think it also depends on the industry, etc. Obviously, a big difference between an industrial group or a restaurant. But uh, you're, you're, you're right how it applies. I have a last question for you, Wai, because, you know, in the beginning, you talked about that today you observe in your research and, and also in your article, you observe the manifested, the negative implications of nepotism. We've correlated it with the decline in performance of the company and sometimes even with the disappearance. In order to prevent this from happening though, if you could just help us understand what do you think a family business can look out for in terms of actual symptoms before like the decline is already there? Like, you know, what are the things where you say like, well, you know, 
if you have these symptoms in your company, it might be very well related to the fact that you keep on promoting and favoring relatives and friends in certain in these positions. Like what, what would you say are those symptoms? Yeah, the symptoms. That's a very interesting, uh, important uh, question. I think uh, the, the main mechanism linking to this performance decline and that will relate to the symptom, uh, symptom I'll be talking about is really the lack of diversity. So when you uh, hire uh, your relative friends and intuitively, or we have evolutionary mechanism to believe people more similar to us, more connected to us, we tend to judge them more favorably. That's called homophily uh, bias. And in the past or in evolutionary history, uh, that's very beneficial because for our ancestors, if you see a stranger um, outside your tribe, usually they're enemy. So trusting them is not a good thing. So we, we develop this kind of intuition, people similar to us, connecting to us are have better intention and we should trust them more than outsiders, so that's good. But then in modern business, what's more important now is not about this uh, not trusting strangers, it's really about embracing people are different to you. That is a diversity argument because environment change all the time. So how can you sustain your organization is really try to have new ideas. But where can you get these new ideas? You have to hire people as different as possible compared to you. So nepotism in terms of the performance decline mechanism is really this uh, on one hand, uh, not hiring the different enough people. So it just keep reinforcing what your current view, what your current practice is. And on the other hand is the resistance to changes because when you hire all these people, you're connected, then making changes is very difficult. You, you feel you're not comfortable firing some people, making some change, redundancy, and this resistance eventually will hurt uh, the performance. So then based on this mechanism, I think the symptom of course, if you look at the, the people you employ or the managers, so how many of them share the similar connection? Do we can actually have a network graph? So if there's a lot of uh, kind of overlap, like people know each other and the friend of the friend know each other as well, then it probably suggests people in the organization, in the family business are too similar. So when you have that kind of high degree of similarity, usually means lack of diversity. And that's bad for getting new ideas and changes. And the other symptom you can observe in the meeting is, of course, is the degree of this conformity. Because when you have this network structure, you're also very likely to have this if a senior people, higher status people uh, in the family say something and then no one dare to or have motivation to challenge him or her. So if you observe this kind of conformity without opposition, uh, there's another very important symptom to be a concern. I mean, you really have to think about, well, do you really have everyone express their private view or they just hide and try not to um, hurt the other people's feelings. So I think these are two um, useful symptoms for, for business manager, uh, founder business to think about. And you've given us a lot of very useful insight, Jingwei. Thank you very much. This was uh, really great. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.